Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Did it a lot to women wanting more power, right? And that's why the men are getting weaker. I would say that women have been proverbially and literally (laughs) for the last few thousand years. Do you believe in karma? Do you believe offsetting good with evil or is it more? Karma is, is constantly a process of balancing. In that sense, yes, I would say you reap what you sow. Welcome back, guys, to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. Got an amazing guest for you guys today, Sebastian Ingus. How's it going, man? Excited to be here. Everything's great. Yeah, dude, it was great chatting with you last night and really got to learn you and really impressed with what you've done. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Great getting to know you, too. I think I've, what you've done here in such a short amount of time is impressive. And the amount of guests you've been able to get on and the quality of guests has been incredible. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, man. So I'd love to dive into this. How did you get on this, this spiritual awakening or journey that you're on? No, it's uh, we'll jump right in. Um, you know, I as far as this lifetime goes, I've always been that way. It wasn't something that kind of happened to me in this particular lifetime. Hmm. Um, I feel like I'm here to help people spiritually awaken. Nice. And I feel like humanity is at a, a crossroads or a, an inflection point where we're going to choose to either elevate or descend. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hmm. And so that, that motivates me for such a time as this. It's a quote out of the book of Esther in the Bible. But for such a time as this, I believe this is the time to help humanity rise. Yeah. It seems like we're at such a crossroads right now. Has there been a time in the past where we were in where humanity was at a similar situation? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, this seems to be uh, at least the third or fourth time we've been here. Okay. Um, and, you know, you could guess we've we've destroyed ourselves every time before this. Mm. So uh, Einstein gets credit. You know, he was asked the question, you know, how were, how will World War III be fought? And he, he kind of sagely said, I'm not sure how World War III will be fought, but I'm certain that World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. Hmm. And all he was implying is that if humanity doesn't raise its consciousness, if it's if it doesn't go from being a primitive species to an enlightened species, it will destroy itself again. Not the entirety. That seemingly in our programming is this desire to survive. So I don't know that we would destroy all of humanity, but we will reset and try again. Hmm. Um, many believe that that was what happened to uh, Atlantis. Right. I know you've had a number of guests who've talked about that, and then Lemuria to ancient civilizations that we know very little about that seemingly disappeared, Mm. right? So I think I'm very hopeful. Uh, I think we're gonna get it done this time. I think we continue to learn and to grow and it's time to figure it out. 
Love that. Why do you think consciousness is at an all-time low? Why do you think men are the weakest they've been in ages? And you know, not to correct you, but I would say I don't think that consciousness is an all-time low. If you follow Dr. David Hawkins' work, who wrote Power Versus Force and a number of other books, he used muscle testing for truth, and he was able to calibrate consciousness on an arbitrary scale of one to a thousand. Mm. We've been over two hundred, which is level of courage, and where consciousness really starts to take leaps and bounds since the eighties. And we haven't dropped below that based okay. on the last calibrations. Though since two thousand sixteen, we have taken a step backwards by like five or seven points, which is significant but not in the overall scheme of things which is why i'm hopeful uh, but i think we're going through massive transitions in our society right now for the first time in a very long time and if you study history it's certainly not the first time but first time in a long time we're questioning every institution all at the same time mm. right we're questioning the government which is typical <laughs> especially in the u.s but um but governments uh, capitalism um all of religion religion is you know People are kind of changing how they look at religion, the education system, healthcare. They're, they're all being challenged all at the same time. And that can be very scary for people who like, well, what's going on? Because they're getting untethered, right? And you can get disillusioned in that, which is actually an important part of waking up. Hmm. But we're untethering ourselves from old systems. We just haven't developed the new ones yet, right? And so you see this with Gen Z, who is in many ways rightfully so. Like, hey, the system doesn't work anymore. Right. Something's got to change. Uh, and I think that's really exciting. And I think, you know, there's a there's an old quote, and I think it's pretty true. The father of innovation is necessity. Hmm. And I think we're in a season where we're going to see a lot of innovation and change culturally. And, and I think we'll, get, we'll see a grand reset on the major institutions that our world is built on. Wow. And going back to the men stuff, I know we talked about this yeah. at dinner last night. And you attributed it a lot to women wanting more power, right? And that's why the men are getting weaker. Oh, not exactly. I would say... I would say that women have been proverbially and literally for the last few thousand years. If you study history, men have not been very kind to women mm. uh, for a number of reasons. And I think that's unfortunate. And so what's happened is when we react to air, we cause more air. And there's been this move back towards empowering the feminine, which I actually think is an incredibly important thing. Mm. We need the feminine and masculine in balance so that they play together in the magic and the space of that. That really is the creative power that sustains this world. But in doing so, it's messy, mm -hmm. right? And so if we, act to, if we react to air, we cause more air. And the pendulum is swinging so far to the feminine that the masculine is is trying to recalibrate itself and figure out what it is, mm -hmm. right? And there's a lot of young men, uh, and certainly many reach out to me on, on social media and engage with a lot of men who are, aren't sure what it is to be a man anymore, are not even clear on what real masculine energy is or is the masculine toxic. And there was a, a good study that was just recently done that showed that if men have a negative view of the masculine, they tend to have much worse mental health issues. Right. So if they were told or they were taught that the masculine was toxic or it was violent or it was aggressive and, and they they don't know what to do with those thoughts, they struggle a lot with mental health. When men are healthy in the masculine, they tend to be much better off mentally, which mm. I think probably makes sense intuitively. But this is an important thing right now. And I think we are on a crossroads. And I think the true feminine wants the masculine to step up it's mm. not asking like the feminine wants the masculine they, it's not the feminine is not against the masculine mm. and so i think that's the work now we got to come back into in a more appropriate balance right and do you believe within men there's also a feminine side 100 percent. well to be yeah great great question to be fair feminine and masculine energy 
are in both men and women. Mm. Generally, you identify one way or the other, right? Men tend to, and there are exceptions, tend to have way more masculine energy, right? but do have feminine energy, and they're an appropriate time to use feminine energy. So for anybody who's a, a new dad, you would probably go, oh, yeah, I get this, right? If you're if right. You a baby at home, you tend to operate more in the feminine when you're around an infant, mm. right? And there's a, a nurturing, comforting energy there that is really beautiful and necessary. And women, I think, you know, arguably uh, somewhat of a tragedy, are being asked to or in some ways may feel compelled or forced to show up in the masculine way more than they want to because there is a void of the masculine and in, in, in a lot of men right now. So, wow. yes, you can play in both energies and and – they're beautiful to play in, but one tends to be predominant per mm. Now, you've studied a lot of ancient texts. You've studied a lot of religion. I think you've read the Bible over 12 times. Um, what have you learned from studying all these different philosophies? <laughs> <laughs> There's a few things. I mean, just to, to, you know, we could go a lot of different directions with that, but to frame this, I would say there's nothing new under the sun, right? I'm quoting Ecclesiastes and Solomon. There's nothing new under the sun. I love when people try to claim originality on truth. Like mm. there's, there is no new truth. <laughs> it's simply rediscovering or re-remembering what we have forgotten. Mm. And and in the the mostly the religious texts are there to, I would describe as scaffolding to help us remember the truth. Once you remember the truth, you don't necessarily need the texts. Mm but they help kind of throughout history pass on for better or for worse, some spiritual truths that help us remember. And I do really, I'm harping on that word because I really do think that's what it is. It's not so much discovering, but simply re-remembering what we've always known, which mm -hmm. is why generally when somebody hears truth and it bears witness, it bears witness here, not in their mind, but in their spirit. They're like, Oh yeah. Like a remembering. I remember that. Like mm. that is true. Right? It bears witness to them because they're simply coming back to something that they've always known. They've simply forgotten. Mm. Is that what a gut feeling is? Yeah, you could describe a gut feeling like that. Right? And you usually see gut feeling around intuition. But it's when somebody says something you know is true, it, like, it bears witness. It's like something inside of you resonates with what they're saying. And mentally, you may not even understand it yet. Right. But here you're like, that's true. Mm. Well, what is that? It's energetic alignment with something you've always known that you now remembering you're beginning mm. to come back to yeah and so that's humanity's work is simply remembering where we came from and where we're going yeah right and everything then becomes a question of identity and that's that we're so caught up in human identity that it, it's hilarious hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Serious to me on many levels, but we love yeah. our identities right now. Man, they love pitting religions against each other, but at the end of the day, a lot of their messages are similar. Right? Similar. Yeah. And they're, they, most of them carry pretty consistent truths. Yeah. Um, I know you're big on psychedelics. You've experienced a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Which ones really shifted your, your perspective on things? Well, you know, I, I'm more excited about what psychedelics can do for humanity right now, because going back to this idea of remembering, it seems to be helping people remember quicker. Mm. Right. And I, there, in any community, whether, you know, you're a, a sports fan or, you know, uh, in, in some religion or some hobbyist community, there's always seekers and there's seekers in the, the psychedelic movement, too, or the, the plant medicine space. 
so and, and that always concerns me because there are people who who they're not necessarily there to do the work they just want to create the experience mm. but i think plant medicine is a great modality for helping people get free and we're seeing this a lot of evidence around using mdma and psilocybin i'm not a doctor i don't play one on the internet do your own research <laughs> but to treat ptsd anxiety depression with way higher efficacy than the you know the current antidepressants anti-anxiety medicine out there yeah and so that gets me really excited to see in that space and i have you know i i generally don't recommend things i haven't experimented on myself first right uh and so i have experimented some i'm not um not robust i've done a decent amount of psilocybin um and i've really enjoyed that space and then as we talked about i, I tried 5meo mm-hmm. which was incredible <laughs> but they're you know you my my opinion of it is that it can help people get free. Mm. I would generally not recommend doing, especially the first time, doing it by yourself, especially mm. if you're going to do a full dose. Yeah, microdosing is different, but certainly a full dose. Get with a therapist. Get with somebody who's trained in that space to right. help guide you, or go to a shaman. Go into the jungles of of Peru or Costa Rica. There's some great facilities now that can help you. Uh, but if you know, for those who are, who are seeking and not finding answers, it can be a great space to get into yeah. to kind of help unlock and reset your brain and help you remember things that you have forgotten. Absolutely. So, yeah, I love the space for sure. And you were able to achieve astral projection. So your soul left your body. There's people watching this that don't even believe we have souls. Yeah. What was your experience like outside of your body? For me, it was it was familiar. Uh, in fact, the guy I did it with was like, have you done this before? And I was like, no, <laughs> not in this lifetime. And he goes, wow, well, I've never seen anybody respond so fluidly to it. Um, there was no resistance. I was, wow. I just enjoyed it. But 5-MeO takes you, you know, I would say, you know, psilocybin is generally a gentle teacher. You kind of ease into it. 5-MeO is within seconds, you're gone. And wow. you do, you just, you leave your body. You're, you're, you're gone for a certain amount of time. For me, that felt very familiar. It wasn't, it wasn't disorienting and evidently it is disorienting for some people. I didn't try to cling to my body. I didn't mm. God, what's going on? You didn't fight it. No, I, I felt very, very comfortable. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was like my description is was like going home. Wow. Um, and so it was, it was a very enjoyable process for me. I met a dude that I now know is Ram Das, <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't know who it was. He just was where I was. And we started chatting and we're having a great conversation, mostly just laughing like this deep, belly laughter <laughs> and just having a good conversation uh and then the guy that was with me said who are you talking to and i said ram das and he goes ram das is dead wow and and ram responds he goes i'm not dead yeah you know, i think he's actually said i'm not dead you idiot i've simply left my body <laughs> so i start chuckling we're having this good conversation but yeah for some that probably like what in yeah. the world but i didn't what was interesting i didn't know who he was until after i came back from that journey mm-hmm. then i went and looked him up and i was like dude this guy ripped on the planet for a while he was having a good yeah. time and just recently passed away, I guess, like four or five years ago. Yeah, you hear stories of that where people see the same people or the same entities, and it's it's got to all come back to something because it can't be a massive coincidence. Totally, and you see that a lot in ayahuasca. Like people have a lot of the same experiences. Like, well, what do we do with that? Yeah, if the collective is continually having a consistent experience, how do we just write that off or just say, oh, it's just an anomaly? And like, yeah, eh. yeah, they, for they, the skeptics, like that's yeah, hard they, to ignore. That's what they say, and it's yeah. like not everyone in the world that doesn't even talk to each other experiences right. the same thing. Like, come yeah. on now. Yeah, it's, I think you can use a certain amount of reason, <laughs> critical thinking, to go. Yeah, that doesn't seem likely. Yeah. Now, what's your take on life after death? Because there's people that believe one life it's over. Yeah. Like, what do you think of that? Well, I would say you do live one life. You are one life with thousands of expressions. So we could look at it, and maybe this is getting in the weeds too much, but say like 
software program like Salesforce has many instances of Salesforce. It's mm-hmm. all Salesforce. It's just many instances of Salesforce based on the company that needs the, the software. We are one life and we, we exist out of time and space, but we drop into time and space in some cases thousands of times, mm. which some would call reincarnation. That's a typical expression for it, right? right. Many lifetimes. There's a great book on the, the topic called Many Lives, Many Masters for those who are interested. But at this point, I think if anybody's doing real research, it's hard to deny what is quite, to me, quite obvious and intuitive that we reincarnate and we incarnate many, many times over. Mm. And there's you know lots of circumstantial evidence at this point to support that. But it's still all one life. Mm. It's kind of like if you played a video game, and I look at it like that because this is mostly a simulation anyway, <laughs> you're, you, you can jump into a video game. I love The Witcher, right? Every time yeah. I play The Witcher, I can play separate instances. I think I've completed the game four times, <laughs> right? Those are all separate instances of the same life. I'm still the one playing it and expressing myself in multiple ways. And sometimes I take different paths. Sometimes I do the exact same thing, right? Well, that's how I would, I would describe life here, Mm. right? We, we jump in, we go, I want to experience what it is to be a male or female or black, white, yellow, whatever the, the story is, this religion, that religion, we get to try on all of these different things. And we could say identities like clothes to experience what it would be like to experience life through this lens. Mm. And that's part of our lesson. That's part of what we get to enjoy. Yeah. I look at earth like a big sandbox. We just get to have fun here. And I don't mean to say that trivially because there are very intense emotions and experience that comes from that, but it really is a place to express ourselves and experience life. Yeah. And I would offer our spirit is the creator of life. Our mind manifests the life and our body gets to experience the life that we're creating. Mm, I love and that. So our body is designed to experience and it's obvious. Look at how it's designed. It's right. it's a it's, to feel. It's, yeah, it's a sensory. It's everything sensory. It's meant to be experienced. Wow. And we're constantly creating our experiences. This I've seen grown men cry when they realize this because so many people, 85 percent of the population is living in life is happening to me. That's their orientation to life. I'm Mm. at the effects of life. When you wake up to the fact that you are creating your reality daily, you are creating your experiences. It changes everything. And And we know this intuitively. You could have two people go through the exact same thing and have completely different experiences. Well, why? They're creating different experiences. Wow. So you believe we are in a simulation of some sort, but it's not predetermined. You could still control. The whole point is free will. Right. Right. And, it, and it's it's really both, to be fair. And I think we explained this, talked about this last night. Time and space, we could look at this pillow mm-hmm. as all of time and space. Well, if you're sitting outside of time and space, if you look at time and space, you're seeing all of it. So in that sense, you could say, well, it's predetermined because I see it all at one time. Yeah. If you're living in it. It's free will because within time and space, you're making choices conclusively to the direction you want to go, mm-hmm. which creates multiple outcomes. And yeah, that's an understatement. And your belief on time is it, it's not linear like most people are taught. Everyone's taught that, but it's, it's not just linear. a big grid, right? Yep, exactly. So the past, future, all happening now. Yes. Now, now is all there is of time. Mm-hmm. Right. That's hard. That's a hard one, right? Because our mind doesn't think that way. But now is all there is of time. You're just living in this instance of time, this instance of now. Mm. <clears throat> Do you believe you were put here for a reason? I believe I chose to come here for a reason. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> I was done. What do you mean? Well, uh, we're getting into the weeds here, but we come here, our soul's evolution, um, schoolyard earth is a place where we come to learn and grow. 
And once you get to a certain level in your spiritual evolution, earth is less suitable or isn't necessary. It would be like if you had already graduated, you know, high school and you're in college, going back into high school would probably not be that enjoyable, mm. right? It's like you want to learn new things and right. experience new things. So we're all kind of on this progressive journey and earth is schoolyard earth. It's a place where we get to learn and to grow and experience things. And, you know, the average, say the average person takes a couple thousand lifetimes to get through earth mm. and then you move on, you move on to the next thing you're going to experience. So we choose to come back mm. uh, every time we choose to come back. Nobody is forcing us to come here, but we choose to come back specifically for lessons. And you could look at it like school. It's like, okay, I want to learn this. Great. Sign up for this. You drop in and the conditions that allow you to learn those particular lessons, what mm. it is you want to learn. But some come back to help others ascend. That's the entire reason they're here. They're done. They're just here to help. Interesting. And it, it's not, there's always lessons. It's not like you ever stop learning or you stop experiencing things. But there are, there are many on earth that are simply here to sustain a certain frequency and alignment so that humanity can align together and consciously ascend together. Wow. So what's beyond earth after you've done your thousand or two thousand lives here? What's, what's next? There are many universes really and we know this from a you know from a physicist standpoint we know this yeah astrophysics so um but there are many many universes that we can explore some of them far more ethereal more light body versus this is a very dense world by design because it kind of keeps the the density of this world keeps the the uh what do you put on the side of bikes and some training wheels oh yeah it keeps the training wheels on right it Got allows it. you to learn in, in, in density so that you don't screw it up quickly. If it was light, mm. thoughts would manifest quicker. Actions would have immediate impact. Because mm. it's so dense here, you're allowed to express your emotions and, and, and learn how to control your emotions and your thoughts without it destroying everything, right? It takes too much energy, you're more contained. Yeah. Which is why this is a great place to evolve. Once you get to a certain level, um, many people call them aliens, I guess, that's a, a, a common term right now, but we could say HEBs or highly evolved beings. Yeah they're more ethereal, they're more light body, and they have a lot more power. They can express themselves and create way quicker, but they're more evolved, so they're less likely to destroy things. They still wow. have free will, but they're less likely to destroy things because they're more disciplined. And what's that lifestyle like? Because I'm sure they don't care about money, and at that point no. it's all knowledge, right? Well, and that's how we know we're still a very primitive species, the things right. that we still care about, right? We live in a world where if we decided to, Everyone could have clean water. Mm. Everyone could have food every day. Everyone could have electricity. We just as, as a group, as a collective, have not decided that's important enough yet, mm. which is wild to me. Right? Mm. And that will be one of the indicators we're really evolving is when we stop seeing ourselves from separate from the other, but seeing ourselves as a whole and protecting the whole. Mm. Right? And I think we're getting very close as you see more and more people tired of selfishness and tired of there's irony in that because it's a double-edged sword but there's more and more people are standing up for the collective mm. right and and so and this is a passion for me is what i'm currently calling conscious capitalism mm -hmm. where it's not just about profit it's about people too how can we make the world a better place for everyone not for a few but for everyone right right and that's so that's you know we still solve things with violence that's an indication of a primitive species. Very. Right? HEBs do not use violence. They don't. Right? And, and they would never think to take someone else's life. Mm. The only person that can take your life is you. Mm. Right? Like that's the only person who has the right to take your life is you. 
Uh, and you can. You're, it's your birthright. You can tap out of this existence anytime you want. Nobody's right. forcing you to stay here. That's your choice. And for some, that may be very comforting to understand that. Like, you are choosing to stay here. You mm. don't have to stay here. And despite the Catholic Church's leanings, uh, you're not going to go to hell if you decide <laughs> you want to tap out. That isn't me telling anybody they should tap out. I'm just saying it's like it's a birthright that nobody would come to this plane if they were trapped here. Yeah. So right? it's not it's, a sin to. No, hell no. It's no pun intended it's, uh, <laughs> or pun intended. But um, no, you nobody would drop in here if they were stuck here. It's yeah. the fact that we can leave that is makes it inviting to come. And there are a lot of beings dropping in right now because they're curious about what's going to happen here. Because as I understand it, and, and I could be wrong. It's not just humanity that's going to ascend. Literally, the entire planet is going to ascend. And my understanding is that's never happened before. Wow. We've never had an entire planet. We could say Mother Earth, if you will, is going to ascend. It's actually going to. And most of the most of the uh, religions certainly explain this. You see this in Christianity as the mm -hmm. new heaven, the new earth. Um, talks about the new heaven and new earth. But this isn't necessarily a new concept, but we're getting very close. And very close, I would mean, within the next few hundred years, I would guess. And what would ascension look like? Because I know back when the pyramids were built, we were probably being assisted by HEBs, right? Yeah. So would it look something like that where they're mentoring more hands-on? Yeah, well, well, they can relate. They don't. If we move into the fifth dimension, HEBs won't have to conceal themselves. Right. Like most of them don't come in announcing they're themselves. They're scared of us, right? They're not so scared of us as much as there is a, a strong directive to not mess with this planet. Meaning... Right they have to figure it out. You cannot do the work mm. for them. So there's a very strong directive to stay out of the way. It doesn't mean you can't assist, but they have to do the work, mm. right? And so as a result, they conceal themselves. You're, you're, they're not gonna announce who they are. There's certain things they can't do because part of it is if an HEB shows up here and starts showing people how to heal themselves or to walk on water or to calm storms, they're gonna be seen as a god <laughs> by most of humanity. Yeah. And when in fact, they're trying to teach us all that we are all God, we are mm. all created in God's image, and not to worship them, but to worship divinity, to worship God, yeah. right? And so that's still hard for most of humanity because if they see somebody demonstrating powers that they don't understand, they'll either be afraid of them and try to control them, aka yeah. most governments, or uh, they'll villainize them as some scary being that could terminate all of us, or they'll worship them. Mm. So highly evolved beings, once you shift into the fifth dimension, you wouldn't see them that way. Mm. You would see them as your peers, right? Right, Not worshiping them. So, so that's pretty tricky. Yeah. So why do they reside <coughs> in the fifth dimension in particular? Well, it's a great question. Many don't enjoy the density of, and there are, by the way, many that are in third dimension. I shouldn't say many. Yeah. There are some that are <laughs> here in the third dimension in body, in physical body. Fifth dimension... Is, is you're still in a light body. So you right. can, you can, and if you're operating in the fifth dimension, somebody in the third dimension isn't going to see you. And we know this intuitively using physics. First dimension sees only the first dimension, first dimension. Second dimension sees all of the second dimension plus the, the first dimension. Third mm -hmm. dimension sees all of the third dimension plus the second and first dimension, and so on and so on and so on. So if you're operating in the fifth dimension, you see everything lower than that plus where you live, mm. right? So sometimes when people say they hear voices, Right. Well, that's somebody speaking most likely from the fifth dimension. They just don't have a way to see them because our eyes can't see in the fifth dimension. Wow. Currently, but it's, they still exist. They're still there. In fact, yeah. many people who say they feel like they saw their mom or they felt their mom after they passed away or somebody they loved. It's like, yeah, because they're still here. They're just they got out of third dimension matter, yeah. right, body, but they're still hanging out in the fifth they're in dimension. The fifth. So spirits yes. reside in the fifth dimension. Yes. And above. Interesting. So they can see us, but we can't see them. Correct. 
Because wow. every dimension, again, that's not woo-woo, that's not spirituality, that's science. Every dimension is superior to the last. You see all of it plus the ones below. Yeah. What's been your personal experience with HEBs? Have you met any, conversed with any, seen any? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've had, uh, in this particular lifetime, I've had many experiences where they just show up to let me know they're here. I got wow. you. Right? Where it's just like, sometimes I'm walking and think of one who was walking downtown Seattle one time and this this stranger walked right by me and he just, he put his hand on my shoulder on my way by and said, it's going to be good. Really? And it was, and I could see in his eyes, I was like, I know you. So wow. Thank you. And that was it. It's just like those little exchanges. Um, so they're subtle with it. They're not going to like, no, it, it, for many reasons, right? Yeah. For many reasons, but they're not generally coming. And part of the biggest reason is, like I said, if they came out and started demonstrating power that was beyond what the human mind is able to describe right now, yeah, it would, it would have, more of a negative impact than a positive impact because again you'd have governments trying to control them you'd have people think that they're the enemy because they have more mm. power science would lose it because it wouldn't want to do with like well how do we even deal with this and then mm. you have people try to worship them so yeah. you're trying to get people to ascend and here's i think what you're going to see with the people this next group of spiritual leaders who are going to step up aren't going to try to get people to worship them but to point to how powerful you are, hmm. right? And that will be a key. It won't be about a single individual. It'll be about humanity rising. Collective. The collective. And that, I think, is going to be the defining difference from a from a intuition standpoint or a discernment standpoint. You'll know the difference. Hmm. Right? Somebody who's trying to say, look how great I am, that should be a big red flag. Right. Right. Those who are pointing to humanity and what we can do as humanity and helping humanity remember who they are, that's a green flag. Love that. <clears throat> So you're trying to waste the spiritual level of everyone. Is there a group of people trying to do the opposite? Is there like an Illuminati or whatever yeah, people man. call it? Humans are fascinating. I've asked this question many times. Um, I reserve the right to be wrong. And I have studied, I've studied a lot of text. I'm not saying that there aren't special groups out there who have their own agenda. I, I think there most definitely are. I do not think there's some genius mastermind group though that is somehow far superior who's mm. trying to work against this end. I will say ascension happens through resistance, mm -hmm. right? It's like the defining, it's the, the tension between the two that push it up. So they're, they're generally, in the world that we live in, which is largely, largely dualistic, yeah. in order for that to succeed, you need its opposite. So it, you could intuit or infer then that there is an opposite resistance mm -hmm. to this path, but not as a evil, like, like trying to work against humanity. In many ways, it's to assist humanity, which could mm -hmm. be confusing because it may not seem like that, but it's in the resistance. So think about it this way. Would Michael Jordan be Michael Jordan without Isaiah Thomas or Charles Barkley or Hakeem Olajuwon or Patrick Ewing, mm -hmm. right? It was all of these other great players that helped make him great, right? Right. So maybe that's a weird analogy, but it was like in that tension, in that challenge is how we move up. Okay. It's like you, that great opponent. And you think yeah. about like Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi, it's like the great opponents over time. So I don't look at it, I would not describe them as like this evil mastermind group that wants to keep humans oppressed, Yeah. but more groups that are creating resistance to support humanity and understanding who they are. Right. So that being said, do you believe in karma? Do you believe offsetting good with evil or is it more? Everything in the universe is trying to get back to homeostasis, everything, right? right? So karma, I think is, 
I think is pretty self-evident in that sense. Right? We know that, again, I'm using really, this is a physics uh, understanding, is everything is trying to get back to homeostasis, trying to get back to balance. Mm. In fact, I was a huge, still am a big, huge Star Wars fan, and I, it took me forever, meaning like 15 years before I understood the significance of the statement that Anakin was supposed to bring balance to the Force. Hmm. The whole forever when I heard that I kept thinking, oh, the Jedi are supposed to overthrow the Sith and wipe out the Sith. Hmm. When in fact, no, both the Jedi and the Sith will dissolve in the end. Hmm. Right? It's it's the fact that they both exist that creates this issue. Right. Right. It's the the releasing of. So karma is is constantly a process of balancing. Right. And so you if you head too far one way, then you're gonna have the opposite. And so it has to find its way to balance. So in that sense, yes, I would say you reap what you sow. Interesting. I went through your Twitter. You had some some interesting tweets. Uh, one of them was, you believe happiness is a choice. Yes. Why do you feel that way? Yeah, thank you for that. I'm actually just getting on Twitter, so it's, <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's an early practice for me. But um, ultimately, I think most things are a choice. And I would go almost as far as to say everything, but most reserve the right for some. some there are things that may be more challenging to hear. We are creating our world on a second-by-second second basis. Mm -hmm. And we get to choose how we experience things and how we look at things. And so I'm not saying that this can't be more challenging, specifically if you have uh, biochemical imbalances and things in your life that make it more challenging to experience joy or to experience happiness. But you can consciously direct your thoughts and focus onto things that produce the experience of happiness. Or I think probably more accurately joy mm. because you can be joyful even while mourning right so i think about when my, my mom passed away and i was simultaneously mournful for the loss of her human my human experience with her on earth while also incredibly joyful for her path off the plane right yeah. so you can enjoy you can teach yourself to enjoy or to be in joy even while there are things going on that seem to be the opposite of that. There mm. are other emotions that may be challenging that. But and that's likely um, the discipline of the mind, the discipline of what you're focusing on and how you choose to internalize what's happening. Yeah. You also tweeted that uh, being wealthy is a mindset. Yes. What did you mean by that? Because most people think of wealthy like money-wise. 100%. And I, I get a lot, of, especially with Gen Z, I tend to get more kickback on this. And it makes sense because they don't have enough. They're too young to really understand this principle. Yeah. Um, but... You could take all of the wealth from all the wealthy people and redistribute it in the world where everybody starts with the same starting hand. Everybody gets the exact same amount of money. Within three to five years, maybe not even that long in this day and age, 5% of the population will control 95% of the wealth. And the reason is simple. They understand the principles of wealth, which mm. is a mindset. It is not a possession. And we know this a few ways. And you can backtest. I try to teach things in a way in which one can backtest what I'm saying for themselves. So just a few examples. How many times have we seen somebody win the lottery, get a big sports contract, become a rock star, become an actor, mm. and they go broke, go bankrupt? Like, how could that possibly Probably happen? Probably like 80%. Tons. Yeah. yeah. And the reason is, is because wealth isn't a possession. Most people, and as I've come to realize are more interested in consuming millions of dollars. They're not interested in making millions of dollars mm. and they are not the same thing. Most human beings are in unconsciously consumers mm. and all they want to do is consume. That is not the same thing as having a wealth building mindset or understanding the principles of wealth. Mm -hmm. And so we see this the same with 
with wealthy people. It's a popular thing with Gen Z right now to think that most wealth is transferred, which, in fact, there was a big study that was done by Ramsey's group that showed that was not the case, that something like 85 percent or almost 85 percent of of millionaires are first generation. They did not inherit. I saw that. Uh, and there's many studies like Elon gets a lot of crap. And I'm not saying he came from poverty, but he did not come from wild wealth. Um, and, you know, it's like, well, and Jeff Bezos, was, his family was upper middle class, but it wasn't like they were super wealthy. Right. And they're two of the wealthiest people in the world. Bill Gates is another one. His yeah. dad was an attorney, wasn't bad off, but he was not extreme wealth. Right. So this idea that wealth is inherited. In fact, the hardest thing for wealthy families to figure out is how to pass down wealth effectively from one generation to the next. And you see this more often than not, where the, the family line that generated the wealth is that, that they pass it down and the next generation loses it because they have no understanding of how to manage money because they've never needed to. They've always right. had money. Yeah. So what uh, with wealthy families, a very popular thing to do is to pass the skip a generation. So it's like you don't give your wealth to your kids, you give it to your grandkids, mm. which forces your kids to figure it out. Smart. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Wealth is a mindset. So if you want to change your mindset around money, if you want to have more money, that's important to you. Don't chase money. Chase the principles of wealth. Chase mm. the mentality of the wealthy. They look at the world differently right. than somebody who doesn't. Wow. That's really unique advice. I've never heard that perspective on it. I love that. Sebastian, man, it's been a, been a pleasure. Anything you want to close off with? No, this is awesome. I really enjoy your conversation. Yeah, dude, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Sebastian Ingus on all platforms. It's all A's so that people miss me there. It's S-A-B-A-S-T-I-A-N. Um, but on all platforms, I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok, but you can find me anywhere. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. And I'll see you guys next time. Boom.